Thursday, August 31st, 2023. Season 1, episode 99. We're getting there, man. probably enjoy this music a little bit because tomorrow might be the last time you ever hear that. <laughs> yeah, uh, tomorrow will be the last episode in season one. Um, I had mentioned that uh, potentially I will be back next week, Wednesday, uh, but that might not be true. I will let you know tomorrow. Um, I might not come back that whole next week. Got things to do. Busy. Busy, busy man. Man about town. Uh, got shit to do. Oops, sorry about that. Um, it is uh, Thursday, August 31st. It's one of my favorite days of the week. And it's the last day of August. And we're heading into a three-day weekend. There's a lot going on here right now. This Today is a big day. Uh, so I'm going to just get things going with the joke of the day today. Uh, and it's going to be coupled with a little bit of a story. Uh, so the joke of the day today. <laughs> By the way, this could be hard for me not to laugh at... Um, so anyway, I, I apologize ahead of time if I don't get through it very well. Uh, so the joke of the day today is, hey, did you hear the guy who invented throat lozenges died last week? <laughs> yeah, there was no coffin at his funeral. <laughs> there was no coffin at his funeral. Uh, that's just, I'm sorry, but that makes me laugh. Um, that is thanks to my friend Dennis. Uh, Dennis, who uh, I've said a million times before, sends in lots of jokes at weird times. This one came in at like 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. I don't know how weird that is. That's probably not as weird as most. The weirdest one was 2 o'clock in the morning, but I get him on Sundays sometimes. Um, and he's also told me one joke that I still think to this day, it makes me laugh to this day, that I can't figure out how to bring to the program because, um, I don't know, it's just got a couple of aspects to it that make it hard to to, to bring to fruition here. But anyway, uh, I asked Dennis yesterday, uh, what his resource was because he is now I'm getting more than a joke a day I'm getting jokes a lot and I love them and I, I have to tell you that it's my favorite treat when he sends me them because I get to see them for the first time they're out of the blue and I get to laugh rather than going to try to find a joke reading through the jokes then you know picking a joke for the day and then you know by the time I put it here I've seen it probably five times it's not as awesome. So when he sends them to me, they're always out of the blue. And he gave me his resource, and here's what I'm going to do. I am not going to look at it. I, I'm going to, I hope he continues to send me jokes out of the blue because it just, it really makes my day. It really does. Um, so let's get into what I'm grateful for today. I'm grateful for Dennis for sending me jokes. Keeping it fresh, keeping it real. I'm grateful for normalcy. Uh, when I, I've noticed in my life when things get a little out of whack, um, they can really send things in crazy directions, both good and bad. You know, a lot of times it's work-related because that's the thing in my life that's in flux the most. Work can be, you know, can peg the needle in one direction and can definitely peg it in another direction. Um, work rarely ever just goes, just like real smooth and without hiccup or trouble or... Without those moments of, oh my God, this is so amazing. Always something. 
And I envy people, sometimes I envy people who work the same job their entire career and just go in and do that job all the time for 20 years, 25 years, retire and retire fine and life is just way more smooth. Now, I'm not saying your life is without hiccups. I'm not even saying your job is without hiccups. I'm just saying that it's way more smooth likely than those of us who either um, change jobs, change careers, or are self-employed or what have you. Um, those things just have a tendency to be just more erratic. Um, and as things, and I'm just kind of going through some things in my life where the needle's getting pegged in both directions almost on a daily basis. And it's almost hard to figure out which end is up some days. Um, so I envy that and I am, um, grateful for normalcy when normalcy happens and grateful that I have an idea of when things aren't normal. Hopefully my standard of normal keeps going up. But uh, that's my one thing that I'm grateful for today. Another thing that I'm grateful for today is uh, it is Thursday, my favorite day of the week. I mentioned this before and I almost went into this before, but I'm glad I didn't because it's a thing that I'm grateful for. I want to kind of call this out special. <clears throat> Thursday, favorite day of the week, heading into a three-day weekend and it's the last weekend of the summer. T- kind of, technically. Um. And so, like, I don't know, it's just I'm more grateful for going into this weekend than most, and I, I just don't want to uh, be a, oh, damn it, summer's over. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be like, this is going to be great. And you know what? Hopefully we have a great fall. We've had a great summer. Um, it just is. Um, speaking of the time of the year, uh, we have a uh, super blue moon that I am grateful for. I don't know if you've looked outside the last couple of nights, but here it's been clear in southeastern Wisconsin. It's been clear. And we have this full moon that is a super blue moon. So uh, I'm just going to break this down the best way I know how. Um, A blue moon is a moon that occurs, uh, a full moon that occurs twice in one month. We had the last full moon was on August 1st. And then last night, tonight, kind of bridging over the two days. Not It's not perfectly full, but somewhere in between yesterday and today, we're having a full, another full moon. So it's a blue moon. Then there's the super moon. Super moons, uh, 25% of all full moons are super, uh, super moons. And that's because they are closest to earth. The moon is closest to the earth in its elliptical orbit. And, um, so they, the moon just appears super big at that time. So we have both a super moon and a blue moon, which causes a super blue moon. The next time we will have a super blue moon will be in March of 2037. Pretty rare. Um, and that's not as rare as they, they, they're typically more than 20 years. So the next one's actually kind of quicker than most. So we should be grateful for that. That likely, you know, will still be alive for the next one. Was it 13 years away? 14 years away? Is it 20? Yeah, it's 2023, right? I don't know why, but I thought it was 2024. Uh, <laughs> getting ahead of myself a little bit here. So don't forget to be grateful. If you're grateful for people, don't forget to tell them. <laughs> it's time for What's Eating Kale. It's the part of the program. We talk about things that interest can found or gnaw at me. I like that music. It might make a return in the... Uh, in season two, I do like it. Um, thing number one that is eating 
kale today. Um, and there is only one thing that's eating me today. And, it, and it's something that's been, it, it's always bothering me. Um, but recently, uh, someone has made, kind of brought it to the forefront and it bothered me more. Um, so I've titled this, No One is a Special Little Snowflake. Now, we all do this from time to time, but some people are worse at it and better at it than others. Um, but we do the why me. We do the, well, I can't do that because of, or I'm awesome at that because, and then you throw in some outside circumstance that's beyond your control, or usually it's not about being awesome as much as it is about, well, I can't do that because I had a bad childhood, or insert whatever the thing is. You know, I'm not physically capable. I do it. We all do it. But most of the reasons that we give for our inability to be successful at something or anything or everything, most of the reasons are crap. They're just, they're just crap. And I'm not saying that for everybody. I'm saying that for 99% of us. And I can assure you that most of the people that I know that hear this aren't in that 1%. Things like divorce. That's not, that's nothing. Half of everybody has gone through that. Most handicaps, unless you're completely incapacitated and can't function on your own, um, most handicaps are just, they're just a bump. You have to get up and say, so what? I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta get stuff done. I think of, when I think of handicaps and you think of the people that, now again, there are people who cannot take care of themselves and you know, or maybe are suffering from something that will be terminal. Um, but I think of Stephen Hawking a lot. Um, he developed ALS when he was um, late teens, early 20s. He was diagnosed in, when he was 21. And when he was diagnosed with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, he was given two years to live. That was in 1963. He could barely function. He had to have help doing almost everything. He had to help, have help talking. He, he, you know, had a. If you remember, like I don't even know what it was like back in the '60s when he had, you know, a wheelchair to help him get around. But man, he had the craziest wheelchair that he could talk with. You know, he had like computers on board, and he's one of the greatest thinkers of our time. And he lived till he was 76 years old. He was married. He did stuff. He went places. He attended conferences. He did all of that. And so when you think that you've got some sort of crazy stuff that makes you special and makes it so that you're incapable of doing something, well, you better measure up to something like that. You better be able to say, well, it's worse than Stephen Hawking because, I mean, that's that's just, it's we just BS ourselves into thinking we can't and then giving ourselves an excuse. My parents were divorced. I was abused. And I, I'm not saying there's something wrong. I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with being abused. I'm saying that there comes a time in which you you can't let that power your life. And I again, I'm guilty of it. I'm, I'm in a wheelchair and I, there are things that I'll be like, well, that's, you know how much problem that is i don't i don't want to do that because it's too hard i do it all the time 
All the time. We're not owed anything from anybody. And, you know, if you had a tough childhood or you were abused or something, when you get to the point where you can take care of yourselves, I understand that there are emotional, psychological scars. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be hardened or callous to that. I'm just saying that there's a time when you have to take responsibility and accountability for your place in your life. That's on you. As soon as we can take care of ourselves, that's on you. It's on me. It took me a long time. I will tell you this, that I was, uh, I don't know if many people know this story, but I was kicked out of my house. Parents got divorced when I was 17. By the time I, before I was done with high school, I'm a junior in high school, uh, junior in high school, I think it was a junior in high school. Um, I was kicked out of the house. I was living with my mom and I, I was kicked out of my house. Now, some people might say, who would kick their kid out of their house when he's still in high school? Well, not only would it be my mom, but I think my mom had every reason to do it. I was an a-hole. I was out partying. I wasn't, I was not pulling my end of the, uh, the, the, the I was not pulling my own weight. Um, I look back at it and say, you know, she, she should have done that. That's probably a good thing that she did that, but kicked out of my house when I was still in high school. And, um, you know, I, I, there was a, I can't believe she did that. I, there was years I didn't talk to her. How dare you kick out your, but I was capable of fending for myself. And so I was given that lesson early on that this isn't on anybody else. I, I, it didn't matter even if it was, I still had to go. Still had to get shit done. Um, but I just, I feel like as soon as you can cook your own food, <laughs> it's on you. Parents don't owe you a good life. They're really not responsible for any part of your life. They, most parents, and they, they, there are exceptions to the rule, abusive parents, for example, um, parents that are, are awful human beings. But most parents, for, for the most part, are just doing the best they can. You might look at it and think that it's a bad job or that they've wronged you somehow. But they just did what they knew how to do. They had to survive in their own life. They only had the tools they had. <coughs> you know, maybe we know better now. They shouldn't have done something the way. But it doesn't matter. It's on, it, as soon as you're able to fend for yourself, it's on you. Hopefully, they'll always be there for you. And hopefully, they, you know, can help support you later in life, you know, and I don't know, maybe help with money, let you move back in and all that kind of stuff. But they don't owe it to you. They're doing that because they're good people, not because they owe it to you. They might feel like they owe it to you, but they don't. You've got to be responsible for your own life. Now, again, I, I have that part down. I don't, I'm not, I don't think anybody else owes me anything. But I am guilty of, I have these extenuating circumstances, therefore, I don't want to do this thing or it's too hard or that's not going to be for me because I 100% I do it. Everybody does it. Um, but the, per, the the thing that was kind of bringing this to the forefront was uh, I had a bad childhood. And I know that their childhood isn't that bad. I've known them through their childhood, so I know. Um, at any rate, I heard a great story once. And it... God, it's such a good story. I'll, I'll paraphrase it. I'll try to make it really quick here. Two brothers raised an abusive, violent foster care system. They're separated in their teens. They both, you know, they never see each other again. 
um, they endured all this physical and psychological abuse until they were out of foster care. And many years later, they end up bumping into each other. One of them was homeless and addicted, and the other one was a successful attorney. And the successful attorney said to the addicted homeless brother, what happened? How did you end up here? And the homeless brother said, with all the abuse, all the alcohol around me, all the hatred and pain, no love around me, I had no choice. How else was I going to turn out? And then the homeless brother asked the attorney brother, how did you end up here? And he said, with all the abuse and the hatred and pain and with all, with no love around me, I had no choice. I had to do whatever it took to make sure I escaped that kind of life. That's what I'm talking about. It's kind of a perspective thing, I suppose, but by the same token, two people, similar circumstances growing up, maybe identical, and one's like, I can't live like this. And the other is like, how else can I live? Cool story. Learning from my mistakes is the part of the program where I reflect on my mistakes and the mistakes of others so that I can learn from them. Today's uh, title is, This Too Shall Pass. Um, I am guilty of when things get out of whack, letting them get the better of me, both when they're out of whack for the good or for the, for the bad. Things are really good. I get a little lazy and feel like, ah, let's just enjoy this for a while. And I shouldn't do that. I should like try to continue to build on that. And you know, but sometimes it feels like, oh, finally, I'm just I can take a I can take a beat, and then that turns into a couple of beats, and then that turns into uh, some bad stuff starting, to and then it's gone. It's a fleeting moment. And when they go bad, I think. I am hoping, I I hope I'm not the only one that can spiral out of control a little bit and let that bleed into all parts of my life and just get, you know, I'm pissy with Lisa, um, whatever, when things are going badly. You know, I, 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 I don't know. When they're good, I hope they stay good forever and I just, I don't really do anything to, you know, continue that when they're bad. Um, I work like hell to fix it and stress about it. And it filters through all the aspects of my life. The other way it does too. I, I'm sure I'm great. I'm, I'm probably the coolest person you know. <laughs> Things are all awesome. Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Let's go do something. Let's, you know, like, that's who I am. But when it's bad, it's like, should we go do something? No, why would we go do something? I got I to work. I got to get to... I'm just a jerk. But there's a pocket of life that's not changing as much, right? There's a, like in the middle of the challenges and the good times is just kind of your pocket. This is the this is the way it is and then sometimes it it moves a little bit in one direction or the other and that's where you get out of whack. That's where I get out of whack anyway. But all of those things are going to pass. The good times and the bad times and I got to I got to get better at exacerbating or exploiting the good times and not letting the bad times get to be so um, all-encompassing, I guess. That's my job, I guess. And I got to get better at doing it because 
just in the last two weeks, the extreme highs and extreme lows have just, you know, I've noticed. I've noticed yesterday, I, I noticed uh, things were on a downward swing, um, and I was in a shit mood. And I owe an apology to everybody that I came in touch with yesterday because I was not in a good place. Um, and it, it wasn't probably noticeable by 99.9% of the people, but I know I snapped at my dogs. And I know I snapped at Lisa, for sure. They are owed apologies. And uh, I got to get better at doing that. I really do. That's I, I'm aware of it. And I just need to be aware of it in the moment and, and manage it better. Very philosophical show today, sorry. <laughs> Episode number 99. Tomorrow will be more fun, I promise. That's what's eating kale today. Coming up, episode 100. The last episode in season one. Let's see what kind of trouble I can get into. Till then, make it a good one.